Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. It's the Capitals and the Jets tonight in Winnipeg, in and out of Canada as soon as possible. And Mike Milbury will join us on the Caps, the NHL, and his new podcast. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, December 17th. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7, presented by Clear, the faster way into Capital One Arena. It's the Caps and Jets at 8 o'clock in downtown Winnipeg tonight, the first meeting of the season between the two teams. And yesterday on the show, we told you the Caps had changed the club's travel schedule to stay in Chicago after the game on Wednesday night with the plans of practicing and flying to Winnipeg yesterday afternoon. Well, it changed again. In a very rare travel maneuver in the NHL, the Caps again stayed in Chicago last night. They will fly game day north of the border to get in, play the game, and then leave for Washington Saturday morning. The reason for this, to take every possible precaution to keep players from testing positive in Canada. It is possible to get players home from Chicago if you need to who test positive. Nick Dowd, TVR, and Evgeny Kuznetsov all have come back to D.C. already. Once you cross the border, everything changes. As Ben said here yesterday, you don't want guys stuck in Canada in quarantine where the holiday's now just over a week away, and you don't want to be stuck there for hockey reasons either. I mean, heck, you don't want to be stuck for any reason. But here's hoping the extra precautions and the extra day of testing in the States keeps the window in Canada a short one. One other note to tell you, Tom Wilson again skated with a team yesterday in Chicago. Not a lock at all he's able to play tonight, but he still is within the traveling party going north this morning. We'll see in a warm-up whether or not he's able to go. Happy to have with us here on Caps this morning a former colleague of mine at NBC Sports. His life in hockey has spanned almost 50 years as a player, coach, general manager, broadcaster, and now podcaster. His show available via Apple Podcasts, among other places. Mike Milbury joining us here on Caps this morning. Mike, it's been a long time. Thanks for chatting with us. It has. It's been a crazy couple of years, hasn't it? Just this COVID thing has got everybody messed up, including uh, our hometown Bruins here with three more guys going down today with COVID protocol. They've got six guys, six regulars out of their lineup. It's just wild. Yeah, and with Calgary's going through and Florida's going through and Evgeny Kuznetsov again for the Caps, it certainly has been wild. The name of the show is Mike Milbury's Fight Club, unfiltered like you've never heard him before. A new podcast started this season. You can also get it at MikeMilburysFightClub.com. How have you enjoyed the podcast world, having your own show and a way to reach back to the hockey world? Yeah, it's the most, well, first of all, there's some good people that I'm working with. And then secondly, we have had on some some really good guests, guys like, you know, Harry Sinden was on. We had Eddie Olchuk was on. Darren Pang's been on. So we've been able to corral some pretty good guests. And, and it's fun for me to to pick at their brain and to reminisce a little bit with them about their careers and some of the things that they've experienced through hockey. So it's been a good way for me to stay in touch with a lot of old friends and colleagues. Pat, will listen, and I like the fact that it's hockey talk, but it's also life outside the rink, pop culture, 
other topics. I know you said in one episode you're a big Netflix guy. Now, we'll get to the hockey in a minute here, but I'm just picturing you watching Squid Game or something. Did you, <laughs> what do you like to watch on Netflix? Well, right now I'm watching something called Bad Sport, which is, you know, the point shaving at Arizona State University. And now I've just started a second segment where it's about some uh, race car driver that was, I don't even know the whole story behind it. And I know uh, there's the figure skating story to come in an episode. So it's been interesting to see the flip side of the uh, the world of sports, but they do so many interesting things on Netflix that it's uh, it's an enjoyable vehicle for me. You've had a lot of big guests on the show, as you started to talk about there. Former Capital, our friend Keith Jones, Alan May, who, of course, is a fan favorite here. Brian Burke, what's it like for you as someone who used to have the questions asked of you, and now you're the one kind of driving the bus and asking the questions of them and reminiscing? How's that like switching chairs for you? It's fine. And it was easy for me to make that switch, maybe because I'd been asked the question so many times. But you know, when you go back to seeing old friends and colleagues that you hadn't seen in a while and you want to just catch up with them, like Brian Burke's in a whole different world right now. I mean, he was just cruising along for a while in Calgary and then doing TV work. And he got a call from Pittsburgh and they were looking for recommendations for their next general manager. And all of a sudden they, they settled on him and he's right back in the saddle and in a big way in Pittsburgh and things seem to be turning around for him. But to hear how that all unfolded from from Brian's world. And and by the way, he's out with a Burke's Law, best-selling book in Canada. Really interesting read. It was fun to touch base with him on that and on his, his new position. So no shortage of questions for me, for sure, John. Alex Ovechkin this season doing things that a 36-year-old isn't supposed to do, the goals, the assists, watching the games and watching the Capitals specifically. How do you see his game evolving and how big a fan are you of Alex Ovechkin, what he's been able to do at this age and maybe earlier in his career too? I'm glad you asked the question because a lot of people in Washington think I was a, a, a big basher of Alex Ovechkin. I found that he had to he had to refine his game and he did in the year that they won the Stanley cup. I thought he was a much better all around player. And I think he's taken those lessons and, and he's advanced them. And it seems to me that Al may was probably right. When we talked to him at the beginning of this podcast season, he said to us that he was convinced that Alex was on a mission to catch Wayne Gretzky. And that's exactly what it looks like to me. He is playing just, and the guy never gets hurt too. So there should be no reason to doubt that he can get there. I mean, he plays like a, a horse and he just keeps going and going. And I, I've grown exponentially to appreciate what he's done over the course of his career. And, uh, you know, for me, his winning a Stanley Cup was, you know, the feather in his cap that sort of anointed him as now was one of the great all-time players and certainly a guy that could find a way to structure his game a little differently in order for the good of the team. You love your New England and Massachusetts guys, so I got to ask you about the job that Peter Laviolette has done here with the Caps these last two seasons. No training camp the first time around and all the injuries and COVID things this year, and yet the best start approaching 100 games now in Capitals history. The person, the coach, Peter Laviolette, your thoughts on what he's done here in D.C.? He's done it wherever he's gone. I mean, I, I had the good fortune of meeting Peter and giving him his first NHL job with the Islanders. He's got a sort of swagger about him you know when he comes into a locker room he's a good sized guy people are going to pay attention to him he speaks well I think he knows how to communicate with players he's willing to crack the whip when he needs to crack the whip I don't think he has to go to it all that often I think he's more comfortable with the spoken word than he is with any kind of disciplinary action but when he has to take that route he'll do it he's 
there's a reason why he's been hired several different times for for good teams and there's a reason why he's had such a long career in the National Hockey League he's very good at what he does now he's got some pretty good horses to ride in Washington and he's riding them pretty well I think Outside of Washington, the Carolina Hurricanes, Mike, appear to be a clear and present danger to the Capitals with tons of team speed. They're deep offensively. And Rod Brendamore, a guy that his players love to play for him. How good is Carolina in your mind? Boy, they, they're fun to watch. They're definitely quick, and they, they seem to have all the bases covered. I wonder about their goaltending. Is it going to be good enough? Will it be, will it be a problem for them going forward? But everything else, all the other boxes seem to have been ticked. You know, Brindamore's really developed a reputation, hasn't he, as a guy that people really love to go out there and play for. And that's, you can't say enough about that. And he, not in the best circumstances either in Carolina. They got a owner likes to get his hands dirty in a lot of different areas. And you never know what's going to go through his mind or come out of his mouth. But Brindamore seems to have good control of it, manages it well. There's no reason to think that they won't be a major player in the postseason. I go back with Bruce Boudreaux a long way to the days with the Hershey Bears getting close to 20 years ago now. His takeover in Vancouver and the almost immediate turnaround there. What is it in your mind that makes Bruce such a difference maker when he gets to a new team? And is Vancouver a legit playoff contender now? They have some work ahead of them, but obviously, isn't it funny how, I mean, here's a guy that's late 60s, I guess, now pushing 70 and probably about 50 pounds overweight. And he walks into the room and he, oh, this is the coach, <laughs> you know, but he's got that uh, sort of contagious smile about him. He can tell a good story. Talk about a guy that likes his movies, right? This guy knows every movie from the last 40 years, I think. But there's just something of a, a likability and a team that has had trouble like Vancouver was having and really was down on itself. When you get a guy with that kind of upbeat attitude walk into the locker room it can make an immediate difference you know will it last for the rest of the season will it be enough of a difference to get them in the playoffs well the one thing is for certain that Bruce has them playing a lot closer to their potential than they were before the coaching change so good on him glad to see he got another opportunity I, I know he didn't feel that he was quite done with the game and apparently he's not Apparently not, and certainly a lot of good pieces there in Vancouver as they keep winning here and going into the weekend. Mike, back on the 7th of this month, the Anaheim Ducks are in Buffalo. Trevor Zegras and Sonny Milano hooked up on a goal that brought the hockey world to a stop. That lob from behind the net from Zegras and Milano able to finish it off. Fun new wrinkle in the game. Does it belong in the game or not? I think if you can pull that off, you should pull it off every game. And you know what I loved about that goal was not only was the goal – a lot of fun to watch. I mean, it was the almost disbelief in the celebration afterwards. The two players came together behind the net and it was like, wow, what did we just, what did we just do? It was really kind of a neat moment in the game. So I have no trouble with it. And I can't believe that we've seen it as often as we have. And, and if it happens a few more times, hey, that's good in my book. This game is about winning, but it's about entertaining. And that, that one is one hell of an entertaining play. You talk a little bit of media stuff on your show as well, Mike Milbury's Fight Club and NBC losing the hockey rights this past offseason. Now it's a split between ESPN and TNT. As someone who was such a big part of what went on at NBC for all of those years, how have you enjoyed the new coverage and what do you think of the job they've done so far? Well, sometimes I have trouble finding where the hell the games are, John. They're all <laughs> over the place. I mean, just put it on ESPN and let it go. It was easy to go to NBC Sports Network or NBC when we, we had it at NBC, but 
you know, the games are the games. I'm not going to critique the broadcasters. I mean, obviously, I, I think they could use my help. <laughs> but I, I, uh, I think the game has evolved so much that it's so quick. It's so fast. And, and these broadcasters, you know, they see it. Even the guys that haven't played for a while have taken a shine to the kind of pace that the game is played at now. And I don't care if it's ESPN or TNT or, or anybody. As long as they get the camera angles right, it's going to be a good show. You've had such a long career in so many roles in the game. Anything looking back with a little time to reflect here this last little while that you wish you would have done differently in whatever role in the game, either as a broadcaster, executive, head coach, whatever? Yeah, boy, that's a tough question. Of course, there are things there are trades that I made as a general manager. There were things I did as a coach that I wish I could take back. But in the long run, in the overall picture, you know, I have no regrets. It was just a, you know, when I started, John, I was not drafted, coming out of Colgate University, never had a clue that I would make a buck playing in the National Hockey League or playing hockey anywhere. I mean, I, I had no idea as a senior in the spring of 1974 where my future was going to drag me. And the fact that the Bruins gave me a phone call and gave me an opportunity as a walk-on was a dream come true. And to turn that into, as you pointed out, nearly five decades of employment in and around the game was a, just a thrill for me. So yeah, I know I wish I was wearing multiple Stanley Cup wings and I wish I had not done some things that I'd done as a manager in the trade market or free agent market. But in the long run, I had a ball. Really enjoyed this, Mike. Good to talk to you again. Good luck with the podcast. Check it out, everyone. Mike Milbury's Fight Club is the name. Get it where you get your podcast. Mike, thanks so much for coming by here on Caps this morning. My pleasure. Thanks thanks for having me. Good to see you again. Our thanks to Mike Milbury for joining us. Back to the task at hand here. It's the Caps and the Winnipeg Jets from Canada Life Center tonight at 8 o'clock. Network airtime is at 745. Your extended pregame show, Caps Game Day, exclusively here on Caps Radio 24-7. That'll get started with Ben at 4 o'clock. Have a great weekend, everybody. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.